You are listening to the 360 Vegas podcast, episode number 250. You can support the show by clicking the Amazon link on the website or by going to their store by clicking the Zazzle link also on their website. This helps give them money without actually giving money. Or you can cut out the middleman and just give them money by clicking the PayPal link. Warning. The following program contains gratuitous laughter. Lots and lots of laughter. If you're a miserable son of a bitch and don't like the sound of happy people, go pound sand. We don't give a shit. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen. We'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pool's the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a camel. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. <laughs> that is accurate. You can pound sand, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my friend. Fantastic. Hello. So I'm assuming that uh, Tony is drunk in a bush somewhere and uh, that Karen has been eaten by the cats, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> Not not far off, not far off. Um, well, I, I guess kind of far off, yeah. <laughs> but Tony, actually, I don't know where the hell Tony is. I just know he's not available. I've just come to accept that at, at times. It's all it's all part and parcel of being friends with Tony. And Karen pretty is pretty sure, pretty sure it's family things, isn't it? This time of year, right? You, and you, I, you, you you crazy Americans with your turkeys and stuff. I know, right? <laughs> I'm I'm pretty and sure the, alcohol's the, involved somewhere though, so it, part of that might you be. You know, true. And, the, and the and the genocide of the Native Americans. It's all fun, isn't it? Fun <laughs> Let's celebrate our awfulness. <laughs> anyway, Karen is visiting family, and I decided to stay and hang out with all of our four pod friends. It's like a zoo now, isn't it? Your place. It why, is. So tell me, what? Why have you got cats? What's the story with cats? So we we've had cats before. We had talked about getting cats again, but we had a bad situation towards the end. More that we made the mistake of. We had a great cat, and we're like, oh, you know what? You know, one cat's great. Two cats would be even better. And we had no idea that cats often don't get along, and when they don't get along, they fucking hate each other. And that was the problem that we had with uh, with our, our previous cats. So it was a whole big disaster, and we kind of swore them off for a while. But I'm uh, as much of a cynical prick as I am. I'm I'm also a bit of a, a romantic, I guess would be the way to say it. Or, or, or philosophical. I don't, I don't know. The, the point I'm trying to get to is... You just, you just like grabbing pussy, that's all. That's all. <laughs> God damn it, you're ruining it. <laughs> She's going to hear this so, it's going to be over. I was just, just letting you wind yourself up there. I'd say something sweet and sentimental. And I just bring it all down again. <laughs> so the way that, that that whole situation played itself out wasn't as well as... Now that we know better wouldn't have played itself out so in in my sentimental self uh, i was like we have to have at least one more cat so we can do it right you know we we honor our previous cat's memory by making sure that we 
get another one and learn from all our mistakes and make sure that they they have uh, you know the best life that we can possibly give them. And then it got completely out of hand because at the vet they had two cats and they're like, oh, the brother and sister, oh, they really get along, how sweet they are. And now we have two cats. <laughs> but I think so. Basically, Karen starting her her like old cat lady routine. You know, quite quite a bit in advance. She was actually the one that was like, no. No, we're not getting cats. And then she's the one that texted and said, "Oh my God, look, they're brother and sister. They're two. They're so cute." <laughs> she's such a pushover. I know, right? She's she's way too way too nice. Way too nice. Well, I mean, Any, there had to be a way that I got in there. <laughs> okay, so enough of this cat. So let's uh, shall we start the show then? He's Mark. I'm I'm Alistair, and as always, we start with Random Vegas. Well, in the developmental stage. The Dunes Project was originally named the Araby. It's a terrible name. It's Why would you call something the Araby? Yeah, I, and you know what's funny? I, when I initially discovered that, first of all, some backstory to this, that's something that wasn't in the Dunes Vintage episode that we just released. And it's funny because one of the, one of the issues that I ran into when we started doing Vintage episodes was I, I started to get hung up on the idea, like, I don't know everything about this subject so i can't release it and i realized i had to come to some sort of a compromise and what i decided to do instead was allow myself to add on content to them later as i discover it and you know normally we don't make a, a point of saying anything about it unless there's anything significant and as part of the entire writer's block i had that put us on a four-year hiatus from vintage doing that sort of maintenance was not something I was interested in. But this is one of the things that I had learned after. It'll at some point get rolled into that episode. But in the meantime, I thought I would I would share it with you. Now, fast forward to the funny part. One of the things I thought when you consider the time that this happened is there is a fair chance that that is incredibly racist and actually pronounced... <laughs> <laughs> well, we want something Araby, but not too Arab. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what are we so going to call, call the Arabi? Right. Like, a little bit of Arab, but just not too much Arab. Just a little Araby. We don't want to... We don't want to push people off, all right? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one from the uh, 1950s racist book handbook, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so shall we move into the uh, twit pick of the week? Westward Ho is a property that I never had the opportunity to experience. According to our parallel timelines, the property was open in 2004 when I first basked in the glory that is the Strip. However, this is one of the few times I questioned the validity of documented facts. During that initial trip, I made a concerted effort to visit every casino on the entire Las Vegas Strip and the surrounding area, going as far as walking all the way down to Hard Rock and back. I find it highly unlikely that I would have somehow accidentally walked right past it on my way to Slots of Fun and Circus Circus after checking out the Stardust. Regardless, intelligence won't let me truly believe that facts are wrong, so I'm forced to come to another logical conclusion. The property must have been in such a state of disrepair, it didn't appear to be open. If that is truly the case, then I celebrate the fact that it lives in my mind in the idyllic state I imagine it to be in, as glorious as those exterior umbrella lights elegantly showcased this week by at Neon Museum. You had the opportunity to see it, didn't you? I did go past it a couple of times, but I think the same thing, you're just not noticing it was properly there, or was it different to the Stardust? Um, I was going through some of the, um, the Google images, and actually the frontage is, seems to be quite narrow mm -hmm. and very adjacent to slots of fun. So you can see how you 
kind of missed it. So obviously, the, the umbrella things out the front were very recognizable. Right. You know, I, I do remember walking past them. But I think it's just the frontage or the front of the casino, there's nothing really pulling you in. So I think they did a bad job of actually saying, this is a casino, come in here. Wow, how crazy would that be if I did walk right past it, assuming it was part of Slots of Fun or something? Yeah, I, I, I'm sure it's easily mistaken for another another part of another casino because it closed in was 2005 when right. I think actually closed. Right. So I just think it. Cause you, you go and look at the, go and look at the photos of the front of the casino. See how narrow it is, and see how it's the, against those tinted or the smoked glass windows. It just doesn't look almost like it belong. You know that it is its own thing. Right. So, yeah, that's probably why I missed it as well. I've, I've definitely walked up and down, especially that, uh, you know, north end of the strip back in, you know, 92. But yeah, just nothing really was pulling me into it. No, nice umbrellas, but right. there's nothing. Come in here, come in here. Sounds like the equivalent of La Bayou. I walked past La Bayou, uh, must have been a dozen times before I realized it was something more than a tchotchke shop. I'm like, oh shit, this is like mermaids. I had no idea. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just on a random side note, I've been clearing out my flat this week and I found my old, there's a fun book I got from Coin, was it Coin Castle? Oh. <laughs> so I now have a, a vintage piece of Vegas memorabilia. Nice. So, so I didn't realize I found that. It was great. Yeah. Really pleased. But yes, I think, yeah, Westwood Ho, great umbrellas, but I don't know, it just doesn't really live on in the memory for, for me too much or as a, as a quintessentially uniquely Vegas property that meant a lot. Right. As always, we will link to the photo on our blog, featured on all our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, as well as the enhanced version of the show, which you should be seeing right now. But let's move into the news. So we have an M Resort robbery. Proof that the mentally handicapped can be criminals, M Resort busted a halfwit believed to be a pastor at a local Vegas church during his third attempt at robbing the casino cage. The accused first attempt was in August and ultimately unsuccessful when he walked up to the casino cage with a handgun and a backpack, demanded all their money, and the employee fled the cage. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd he go? Where'd he go? I know, right? Oh, Can you imagine, like, fuck, of all the ways this could have gone, this was not one I planned for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give that, give that employee a raise. That's smart. Just get the fuck out of there. Right, right. A few weeks later, he returned, wearing the same clothes, driving the same vehicle, and going through the same motions. This time, however, made off with close to $30,000. Then... Towards the end of October, he tried once again, while he was wearing different clothes this time, since he was driving the same vehicle, parked in the same spot, and entered through the same doors, security was able to ID him before he was able to get away with almost $34,000. During his arrest, it was discovered that the gun was not real. I think it's also interesting that the there can't be that much money in the M Resort if it's only, if it's like 30 K oh my god, I didn't time. think of that because they have to cover like every chip on the uh, casino floor. It <laughs> must be like a float so if you have to get anything more than a, a, you know, tens of thousands. It just sounds like it's a bad place to rob. <laughs> right? No, I'm sorry. We, we, we only ever have 30k in the cage at any one time. So you, you're better off going to, you know, 
Bellagio or somewhere else, which has probably got a lot more money, but more difficult to rob. So let's yeah, check some balances. It's also really remote if you think about it. It reminds me of Ocean's Eleven when they talk about, yeah, you know, once you, you know, end up getting out of the casino, what are you going to do? You're in the middle of a goddamn desert. That is literally in the middle of a goddamn desert. There's nothing around. But then again, they don't bring in helicopters to catch you when you steal 30 grand. I think also like using a car as well. You know how the bad the traffic is in Vegas. You're not going to get far <laughs> at the time. You know, at least if you like use a motorbike, for goodness sake, you know, weave your way through. Right. You just see, just see you poofling out to the I-15 and go, oh, I'm stuck in a traffic jam now. <laughs> you know? This is not very Jason Bourne-esque, sir. You haven't thought this out. <laughs> well, if he's doing if it's same time, you know, three times in a row, he's obviously just not thinking. Or alternatively, he needs like a better church somewhere where he can rake out <laughs> millions of dollars. Right. Surely. All these crazy pastors from the you know, the uh, the Bible Belt who've got these multi-billion-dollar churches who are raking it in. It's like you're in the wrong job, mate. You right? Yeah. Let's <laughs> see a bit crazy. All right. Okay. So Palms is having a facelift. Red Rock Resorts, new owners of the Palms, shared this week their plans to return the property to its glory days by investing nearly half a billion dollars into renovations. Specifically. Plans are to redesign and renovate 282 rooms and suites in the Fantasy Tower, as well as complete 60 rooms previously unfinished in said space. Tau Group will be brought in to develop the 29,000 square foot nightclub and a 73,000 square foot pool club that will be open year round, as well as bring their New York restaurant Vandal to Las Vegas. Bobby Flay will open a new seafood and raw fish restaurant Michael Simon will open a 15,000 square foot convention space. Well, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I jumped ahead. <laughs> Skipped a few lines there. <laughs> Michael Simon will open a new barbecue restaurant, and Mark Vetri will open a new Italian restaurant. A 15,000 square foot convention space will be renovated to have views of the strip, a new 20,000 square foot spa, and 525 new covered parking spaces will be added to the property and a complete refresh of the Pearl Theater will be done and be operated in partnership with Live Nation. Late 2018 or early 2019 is when these projects are planned to be complete. I would love to see a return to, to some glory. There was something kind of cool about Hard Rock and Palms being off strip, kind of competing with each other, and Palms has really kind of fallen into the Rio downward spiral, so it would be nice to see this kind of come back. Half a billion dollars, man. Money is not worth what it used to be. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it's definitely interesting that if they're, you know, pitching it as a Red Rock Green Valley Ranch equivalent, I mean, mm -hmm. it's good that they're in that sort of family. You've obviously got the other station casinos, which are, and the fiestas, which are obviously lower level yeah. local stuff. But I think it's, will they pitch it to be, you know, more locally at, at the Red Rock Green Valley type customers to say, okay, well, this is our third property of that same level. Or will they try and get back to where it was in, to begin with, where it's like just like an off-strip property where we, we're trying to attract people from outside of the outside of the locals' market? See, I wonder. It, I, I love that you. This is why I love having you on the show. Well, I mean, uh, amongst other reasons, but thoughts like this, it didn't occur to me when you consider the the kind of acts that they pull to Red Rock and to Green Valley, that you might be able to draw people from the strip by getting people that uh, the kind of people that locals will come to see but you put them a little bit closer to the strip you might actually be able to pull those people to it that's an interesting concept i hadn't i hadn't thought of that maybe they are trying to pull off the 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 ever elusive combination of 
the strip audience and the locals audience. Yeah. Well, when I, when I was doing my research for the show, which I do, um, if you go to the <laughs> Station Casinos or the Red Rock uh, website, when you click on hotels, the first one in the list is now the Palms. So below that Red Rock huh. and Green Valley. But they're pushing. So there's obviously an, an attempt in the hierarchy to put the Palm to say it's now a you know a Red Rock you know casino uh, family that it's it's a, like a top tier. Right. So there seems to be a, you know an effort to, to kind of do that. Nice. I think also to your point about Rio, yeah, God, I mean, I was stayed at Rio like a month ago, and it is falling to bits. Uh, so if it's costing like half a million, if it's like a half a billion, how much would it cost to actually overhaul Rio? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, and that is sad. That property used to be awesome. It just feels so. Um, what, not necessarily grimy, but it just feels dated and unloved and uncared for. That's but what it, I was I mean, the room, fantastic rooms, really nice size, good structure of the property, but it just feels like it's just been left to just sit there. Mm. And it's going to take a lot of money to actually can you get it, bring it back up to its kind of glory days. And uh, if, they, if Caesar sell it to whomever, and then you've got to pump in at least half a billion. Right. It's not necessarily an attractive uh, investment, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah. So maybe maybe Palms will show them the way. If the Palms is a success, then maybe that will spur Rio on to do something, maybe. Right. Okay. So we have the Golden Nugget Hippie Bar. Golden Nugget announced that they will be replacing Gold Diggers Nightclub at the property with Troy's Liquor Bar, a bar modeled on simpler times of hippies, not hipsters. Those are quotes, by the way. Simpler was in quotes, and hippies, not hipsters. I'm already annoyed. The concept brought to you by Be Our Guest Hospitality. <laughs> Be Our Guest. Oh, that's so clever. <laughs> you guessed it, is a subsidiary of Landry's, the company who also owns Golden Nugget, giving the company another opportunity to simultaneously make money off the venue as well as charge them, a.k.a. themselves, rent for the space it inhabits. Troy's is planned to open up November 24th and bring the return of the second-level balcony overlooking Fremont. I, I was so clueless to this. Not only did I know Gold Diggers was closed, I didn't know that balcony was off-limits. Such a quick turnaround in concepts for the space seemingly indicates that they've been working on this for a while and no one noticed, or extensive would not be a way to describe the changes in store. The original Troy's opened in New York's Meatpacking District in April of 2014. I'll tell you what, if the gays don't dominate that space, I will be so incredibly disappointed in New York gays. According to Eater Vegas, the theme is described as somewhat similar to the recently opened Corduroy on Fremont East with retro cocktails, graffiti art, pool, and foosball tables. This will be the second venue Be Our Guest operates in Vegas, the first being Strip House at Planet Hollywood. I don't know if I can. I, know, I, I don't know about Golden Nugget. I just never seem to spend any time in it when I'm downtown. Yeah, me too. It's, it's, it's no love. I have no, it's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> right, yeah, pretty much. Okay. And then we have Bananos expands ability to disappoint. Eater Vegas announced this week that Fifth Avenue Restaurant Group, the people who provide proof that there is in fact such a thing as bad pizza, are expanding. Adding fuel to speculation, I'm making up right now that they are a front for the Mafia's reemergence in Vegas because success can't explain how they are able to expand the brand. First, they will open their first Bonanno's Gastro Pub at Venetian's Grand Canal Shops in the space formerly home to Tintorino's... Tintorito? 
Tintoretto. Tintoretto. Well, that's way better. <laughs> that, that was a restaurant and bakery. Vacated more than a year ago. The $850,000 construction buglet. Buglet? Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, that budget will include the creation of a pizzeria kitchen, making some question if there is any validity to my joke about the Mafia Front. And rather than calling it anything other than what it is, recently ousted from New York, New York in favor of 800 degree pizza, Bonanno's New York Pizzeria will open up shop in MGM Grand, close to Level Up Bar in the space, formerly home to Starbucks. No word when either will open. Have you ever had Bonanno's? No, I have. I have seen it. I walked past it in because they're in food court somewhere. They're in food court, I think, somewhere yes. in Vegas. In uh, Flamingo is where I had the yeah. worst oh, slice of pizza yes. I've ever had in my life. Where food goes to die. You know, it's um, so <laughs> funny, and I, I very specifically remember thinking when I went to get it, I'm like, it is Flamingo, but it's pizza. I mean, you can't fuck up pizza. Wow. Oh, yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, and also, eight hundred fifty thousand seems pretty cheap. It's like, okay, how can we bring in a, a restaurant renovation for under a million dollars these days? <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but yeah, also, but isn't the Bonanno family a, isn't that a mafia family? It was, that, yes, yeah. It was, yeah. Yep. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they, they must have not thought their branding through at this point in time. What can we call it? Let's call it mafia pizza. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that might be a little too obvious? No, they'll never get it. Okay, so uh, let's move on to the uh, Las Vegas Stadium breaking ground. The official groundbreaking ceremony for the new Las Vegas Stadium the Raiders will play in happened over last week. In classic Vegas fashion, it took place at night and drew attention to itself via 58 rays of Luxor-esque lights pointed directly into the sky. The view of the strip was also used as the backdrop, not only to showcase the city's iconic skyline during the media event, but to share the view, many who attend events at the venue will be able to enjoy via the retractable wall, yes, wall, not roof, that will be located along the northeast portion of the building. After decades of avoiding the city due to its legalized gambling, the NFL commissioner was on hand to provide support and encouraging words that the league and the city are friends now. The project is still expected to be completed in time for the team to begin play in Las Vegas in 2020. It's funny, I just recently got a Vegas Golden Knights hockey jersey. I wear it like all the time when I'm cold, and now that we're in late November in Memphis, is pretty common for me. I I'm constantly wearing that, and I, and I think almost every day that I put it on, I'm like, I'll never get a Raiders one. It'll never fucking happen. Never gonna happen, I don't care. I love you, Las Vegas, I'm not doing it, Raiders. I do have, I mean, just kind of reading through the article, I, I could save them multi-millions of dollars on this project. Instead of, of building a retractable wall, just put up a giant window. This <laughs> is brilliant for looking through. It's like, it's just, you can look through it. Yeah. You don't have to retract it. You can see the Vegas skyline through the glass. I know, how much does that alone cost, seriously? <laughs> They're obviously throwing, let's just, what's a crazy idea? Let's have a um, uh, retractable wall. You know? I, I wonder if that isn't honestly one of the stupid things they threw out there to try and entice them to come, like going, hold on, hold on. I know other stadiums have had retractable roofs. Retractable wall. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. point. Okay, well, let's move on to the LVCVA Real Estate Mismanagement 2.0. 
1990, despite calls for renovations and or repurposing of the property, the LVCVA, claiming it needed more room for its convention center, imploded the landmark only to turn it into a parking lot. 25 years later, they did the exact same thing to the Riviera. This week, it was announced that the LVCBA hired an architect to move forward with the longest delayed project in human history. Despite the attractive renderings of the plan for the project, the most jaw-dropping element was what it showed were plans for the strip frontage. Plans are to take some of the most valuable real estate per square foot on planet Earth and turn it into a parking lot. No word when the $1.5 billion waste of space project will begin. I, I feign shock for comedic effect often on this show. I, I don't, I don't, I exaggerate it. Let's not say feign. Every time I, I'm like, what the fuck? This one was jaw dropping. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Bally's, after how many years, finally got rid of what used to be their parking lot and, and turned it into usable space that they could somehow generate money from. And Caesars is going full steam ahead to try and, for years and years, use up more of the space that has just been similarly public space. How you revert back to this? Mind-blowing. It's, it's kind of, I said, looking at the renderings, it's hard to tell. I know, I think the, the original reason for imploding Riviera at the time was because it needed outside display space for, I think, machinery. Yeah. So that was the original reason we'll have that. Yeah. And it looks like all they've done as well is kept that area to be almost like a maybe parking lot when it's not a convention on, or it's going to be outdoor display space for that kind of trade show, maybe. I don't know. It just seems... You know, if they're keeping the main body of the convention in the back where it is right now, yeah. as opposed to shifting the center of gravity and making, well, let's make it a strip-based, that's where the main halls are going to be. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it, just really try to, it's like a hard focus. We know what are they planning with this whole expansion? I mean, if they're just putting another parking lot in there or not using that space, then what was the point? And maybe that is it. Maybe what they're trying to do is they'll have gigantic marquee you know attractions to draw your attention to what's going on here but if that's the case why it's not like we as the public can go in and visit these things or patronize it what the fuck would be the point of that because it looks so i mean those plans are, are a lot different i think the ones they released a couple of years ago where it was this oh it was straight right up on the yeah strip, so yeah. The, the renderings are completely different so they now stripped that way back to say oh well, we were going to put a giant building across here, bring it all the way to the strip, but now actually we put this giant hole yeah. for you know for outdoor space. I don't get it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, we shall see. Yep. Okay. So now we have the Moulin Rouge Resurrection Part 17. The site of the first desegregated casino in Las Vegas history, the Moulin Rouge, is once again the topic of development aspirations. Recently, Clark County officials approved a $6.2 million plan to redevelop the land into a new Department of Family Services building, one of four proposed plans for the site. Acknowledging its place not only on the National Register of Historic Places, but in the hearts of the community, the city decided to hold a public forum to give them a voice. As expected, those voices expressed their opposition to the plan. In response, the city urged the other three groups to work together to develop a single plan the county can get behind. 
After existing for only six months in 1955, plans for the Moulin Rouge have been many while progress has been nil. Subject to multiple fires, vandalism, and disrepair over the years, the building, currently home to vagrants, has been labeled a hazard by the city of Las Vegas. I know the other groups and fucking eight million other plans have been to resurrect it. I just, it's it's almost like you need to do something like Memphis did to the Lorraine Hotel where Martin Luther King got killed. Like, this building is, like, it, it's, it's far outdated. It's worthless. There's no reason for it to be here. We got to tie it into something. And I know a lot of people say that's really crass that you took the place that Martin Luther King was assassinated and turned into a fucking museum. But it is a landmark regardless if it, it, whether you like it or not. It, it is, and at least you turned a, a negative into a positive. That almost seems to me like the only way you'd be able to do something to Moulin Rouge is like kind of turn it into a museum. And I don't think it would work is the problem. I don't see it drawing people to it. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I would like to see this make a, a return, but at the same token, I don't think I would make the effort to go to it minus the one time, like, oh, hey, it's open, we gotta check it out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's the wrong side of the, is it the 95? I mean, that it's, yeah. because you've got that whole road, you know, you've got the, the big kind of road going over yeah, the, the freeway the, 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 the top way. of it. it. The free, yeah, you've got the freeway cutting it off. So again, it's hard, it's hard enough to get to the Neon Museum. Yeah. But again, where the where the, the Moulin Rouge is, again, it's just the wrong, wrong, the wrongest part of town. Yeah. <laughs> and that's probably where the, the driverless or the driverless shuttle bus should go to. I know, right? You need, you need something. <laughs> there you go. You need something to, you know, something to take people out there because otherwise people are just going to go nowhere near it. Yeah. You know, I think they're kind of barking at the wrong tree on this one. I think it's just, okay, it was a historic place. Let it go. I agree. Let's move on and, and redevelop it for the city. If it's cheap, allow the city to do that, you know, people to work there totally agree okay so uh mgm resorts vegas plans in a recent conference call mgm ceo jim yearn said that with the exception of a potential casino in japan the springfield massachusetts property projected to open in september of 2018 will be the company's last major project in a new market for the foreseeable future in the united states instead the company will continue to reinvest in its vegas properties once the Monte Carlo Park MGM project is finished, speculation is the company will turn its attention to either Circus Circus, Excalibur, or Luxor. Plans to renovate both Excalibur and Luxor were confirmed to be in the company's future. However, when either of those projects will begin is unknown. While not explicitly ruled out, gaming analysts believe Circus Circus won't be messed with as currently they are, quote, firing on all cylinders as patrons of the property appear to like it just the way that it is. In potentially reassuring news, Murin said regardless of the renovation plans they have for the spaces, he doubted they would change Luxor or Excalibur's name, calling them both great names. I, I hope they wouldn't make some major change to Excalibur, <laughs> like just turn it into a regular building, like going, look, it's Excalibur, like, what? <laughs> it's, I mean, obviously, they're not going to do... You can't change a pyramid. That's just not going to happen. But you could change Excalibur, and that's what I don't want them to do. If you want to nice it up, I get it. If you want to de-theme while I don't necessarily agree with that, I, okay, okay, but make it... Just let it be a castle. If you want to repaint it, yeah. I'll even let you repaint it. Just well, that's it. A, you can see what they did with the Imperial Palace. So it was an Imperial Palace, right. and they took the turrets off and everything else. So you, know, you could take the turrets off it and 
you're still left fundamentally with, with a castle-shaped building. Yeah. I think, that, I think the true test is really going to be how Monte Carlo turns out. But if they can renovate it and turn it to something a bit more Aria-esque, which they do seem to be doing reasonably well from the bits I've seen so far, yeah. then that could be the template. Because Monte Carlo was the blandest, half, you know, com most compromised sort of casino build on it, the strip. Where it, it just really like, was. Oh, it's a thing. It, it, you know what? It's almost like a paint-by-numbers casino. Like, it really was... So here's how you make a casino in Vegas. You come up with a theme, and you loosely make it look like that theme, and then you offer a buffet, and you offer this, and you offer that, and a big pool, and there you go. And I completely agree with you. It was the most cookie-cutter of all Vegas properties, possibly, ever. Yeah. So, interesting to see what happens. But then, I think Excalibur could do with it. I mean, I've said, you know, look, I quite enjoy staying at Luxor, and I think, you know, it's, everything's pretty fine in there, yeah. but they could, they could upgrade it, you know, put... The restaurants in, or just yeah. you know bring it up a few notches. Yeah. Don't see any problem with that. Yep. So, so the other question I would have is: so for the um, that MGM casino in Japan, any truth to the room? It's going to be called Japanesey. <laughs> uh, that is unconfirmed. <laughs> so, our project plan is Japanesey casino. <laughs> a little bit Japan, but not too much Japan. <laughs> All right. So we have Neonopolis announcing big plans. In the wake of not paying their taxes for five years and having that somehow result in a payment plan instead of litigation, Neonopolis announced more plans for the facility. It's been recently reported that nightlife venue Notoriety will be taking over the space formerly home to the movie theater at the property, most recently home to the largest gay nightclub in the world, Crave Massive, although I think it was only home to that for like a month. Now another club, tentatively named The Embassy, was announced for the second level of Neonopolis, brought to you by the founder of such Vegas gentlemen's clubs as Deja Vu and Little Darlings. Little Darlings sounds illegal. <laughs> nope. It's not where Kevin Spacey hangs out. <laughs> no word what the theme of said club will be. <laughs> Hopefully not that. An idea that might actually succeed at the property the first expansion of the New Orleans Karaoke Bar, the Cat's Meow, modestly known as the best karaoke bar in the world, was confirmed to be opening up in Neonopolis, presumably destined for some place on the second level as well. Lastly, ownership is in talks with Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley of KISS to bring their Rockin' Brews restaurant change to the facility, a plan that may include gaming for the first time at Neonopolis the logistics of which are still being worked out by the lawyers. As is common with virtually all Neonopolis announced projects, no word when work will begin or when they are expected to open or shared. That karaoke bar, I can see being a huge fucking thing at, at uh, Neonopolis. That seems, that seems, karaoke seems like, like a Fremont Street thing. I'm surprised that it isn't already there. Yeah, we'd never get Tony out of the place, will we? But like, no, we're gonna we go gambling, Tony. No, nope, go to the karaoke bar. <laughs> Pretty much, you, you are right. We will lose him every every night we go down to to Fremont. I mean, you, you have to give them props for trying. If they're just throwing every single concept, what can we put into Neonopolis to make it try and work? So something eventually will stick. So uh, good on them, because it has been sort of a bit of a, a black hole of of stuff that is open and fails relatively quickly. So See, I, I'm. I agree with you on that. I would much rather them fail a thousand times and figure out what's going on than do what happened before where they came out with stuff and then it just slowly died a death and nothing was replacing it and then it, it became nothing. I mean, at least now they're trying. 
Okay, so that's it for you. So let's uh, move into prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but just with bits and pieces of noteworthy items. Less than two hours after it made its public debut in Las Vegas, the driverless shuttle was involved in a minor accident with a semi when a driver of the vehicle illegally backed into the shuttle. The shuttle did everything it should have done to avoid being the cause of the accident. See, this, this further adds support to the idea that <laughs> the only way to make driving safe is to remove drivers. It's just people. People are stupid. Right. <laughs> Apparently plans for a beach buffet at Tropicana have been scrapped and instead they have been or will make quick work of renovating the beach cafe into Savor the buffet and plans are to open November 22nd or that would be already sounds like a return to basics at the Tropicana it's like we, you know we used to have a buffet then we kind of turned to a cafe and then we kind of closed it and then whatever so it sounds like the uh, the new owners are just yeah going back to basics again with it See, and that's the weird thing about it, too, is that that cafe had a buffet in it. I don't understand why you have to make the, the all-in you know, decision to go, no, 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 we're just a buffet. Like, really? Because your other concept that was both wasn't doing that good. I don't understand why you're just committing to one. But, yeah. It is in a very strange location as well, because it's down that long... Oh, it's really weird. Very low headroom. You, like you've got to know it's, it's there to find it. I think that's the real problem. Yeah, we need to uh, put some big lines going down the down the walls or something. <laughs> right, a big wrap. <laughs> Firefighters had to deal with a little baby fire at Venetian last week when some ceiling rope lighting inside the hotel theatre sparked up. The fire caused enough light smoke to draw attention to itself, but was small enough that reinforcements were cancelled once the source was discovered. No word on how much damage was caused. While the property wouldn't confirm the reason, this week it was revealed that Cosmopolitan banned O.J. Simpson from its property for intoxicated and or belligerent activity. O.J.'s attorney denied such activities took place, claiming Simpson passed his most recent court-mandated drug and alcohol test, a condition of his parole. Travelzork reported that the rebranding of the Monte Carlo to Park MGM is scheduled to happen at the end of the first quarter of 2018. However, doesn't anticipate all renovations to be completed until sometime in the second quarter. It was also clarified that the property is expected to be ranked slightly ahead of the Mirage and the MGM Grand in the company's portfolio. Wow, that's really, that's, that is really impressive. Uh, and I've discounted these renovations for quite some time. I, I clearly don't get this market because they, they're, they're fucking going balls out with, especially, I think what's hard for me to wrap around is, like you said, you took Monte Carlo, and you're trying to turn it into fucking Bellagio. Like, how, how does that work? It's, I mean, the bits I've seen so far, I mean, I went to Primrose uh, on my last trip, which is one of the new, uh, which is almost like that 24-hour restaurant kind of place, which is opposite the, uh, the new check-in desk. And the check-in desk has got this, like, it's a massive tree root growing above the, on the ceiling. So they have really turned it into something nice so i think it so far it looks like they are definitely pitching it it is turning into an aria-esque type property i have to see what the rest of it looks like but it's definitely you know they, they seem to be it is hitting that direction definitely see this is why like i've never been able to kind of wrap my head around or look down on people who work in construction or stuff like that because you know you, you think of uh, they're commonly referred to as blue collar workers and i'm like you're fucking magicians, because I don't know how that wall exists here or how you're going to knock it down and this house isn't coming down. So, and something like this is even more magical to me. Like, but, 
but it was Monte Carlo. I don't understand how it's this now. They're definitely going for a particular shade of green. So if you're a fan of the color green, you, you'll probably like the new Park MGM. <laughs> this week, Las Vegas' new WNBA franchise won the draft lottery. Not surprising, considering one of the primary reasons it's relocating is they aren't very good and, as a result, have lost the support of the city it resided in. Once again, cases of Legionnaire's disease, 92 to be specific, are being reported by a guest who stayed at Rio, this time in March and April of 2017. Legionnaire's disease is a type of pneumonia caused by bacteria usually inhaled in mist from hot tubs, showers, or large buildings. It's not contagious. Rio disinfected their water supply systems for the third time this year and will continue testing for the bacteria. And you get a lovely little note in your room when you stay at Rio <laughs> explaining about how they're cleaning the system. And if, it's if you're feeling ill, if you stayed here in March or April, please contact the front desk. It's funny, I thought about this just as I was writing this story. I'm like, I don't know if I would ever relate getting flu-like symptoms to anything other than having the flu. I mean, does Legionnaire's disease like last a really long time or something? I mean, from my re recollections of all the other reports of it happening in Vegas, it doesn't. It's just a really bad pneumonia. And to me, I would just assume I got really bad pneumonia. You'd have to, you must, you must get it relatively quickly post staying there. So I think I'm not, not quite sure what they're, unless you, let's say if it's not contagious, you can't, I'm assuming you can't be a carrier of it. Right. Mm -hmm. but yeah, it seems to be, uh, I don't know why, I'm not quite sure you're inhaling a large building. It seems to be. <laughs> Give the building a good old lick before I leave. Just uh, <laughs> contracts Legionnaire's disease. The venue Las Vegas. The music venue on Fremont Street you last heard anything about was when it was announced it was opening two years ago. is now for sale. The three-story facility, located across the street from Container Park, diagonally, took eight years to come to fruition, has 40,000 square feet, and has an asking price of $18.9 million. Wah, wah. Yeah, that's that's a definite meh. Yeah. I mean, I've have seen it, I've passed it, but you know, it just seems to be yeah, it seems not a not a good investment of eighteen. I could have done much better things with eighteen point nine million dollars. <laughs> right. Much better things. Cafe Hollywood, the new name for the renovated Planet Dailies, is now open at the property in some incarnation or other, twenty-four hours a day. Most notably missing from the menu, they promised would have all your favourites on it: creme brulee French toast and runner-up banana Foster's waffles. Ooh. Yeah, I had, I had looked the other day. Yeah, they, they do seem to have paired it back a bit yeah. from, from what it was previously. That's a shame, too. Both of those are my favorite, so I claim false false advertisement. But uh, good news if you've got diabetes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I got to tell you, I am not a fan of the way the interior looks. It went from looking cool to gaudy. Yeah, I think I really have to kind of see in person to see what it looks like. But, yeah, it does. they do... It's gone to be. It has quite a drastic identity changeover from what it was previously. Yeah. This week, around 7 a.m., the D experienced a small fire in the electrical vault located on the second floor of the property. Beyond losing power in some 300 rooms until the late afternoon, the fire did not affect guests at the property, as the room specifically designed to withhold any electrical shorts or fires did its job. Other than one security guard who was evaluated at the scene for smoke inhalation, no injuries were reported. Uh, Mark, I do have to commend you on the bang-up job that you're doing on reporting all the, you know, the small fires around Vegas. <laughs> this is obviously the podcast to listen to. 
if you want to know about small fires in Vegas. That's right. Finger on the pulse. A lot, a lot of people, it's not something they like to talk about a lot in Vegas, but uh, <laughs> I, I report it. <laughs> the, the official Firefighters Vegas podcast. <laughs> Brought to you by arsonists. <laughs> okay, so we have uh, Eater Vegas announced that Italian restaurant Osteria Costa will take over the space formerly home to Samba Brazilian Steakhouse at the Mirage. It is slated to open in February of 2018. Proof that Mr. Spock is full of shit, Boy Gaming announced that the actions of one person outweigh the needs of the other 99.9999% of people when it revealed that even if you have a do not disturb sign on your door, they will enter a guest room every 48 hours. The backlash via social media was not only immediate, it was overwhelmingly negative, echoing my statements earlier about... No, I guess that pretty much covers it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too right. <laughs> Virtually ensuring the new policy won't have prevented the events that inspired it, speculation is the policy won't apply to VIPs or high rollers also known as the exact status of a certain psycho. No word how long it will take for things to return to normal in Vegas. Didn't Win already dial back their bullshit policy about bothering you? I'm pretty sure, yeah, but I think in all, all those places, I mean, there's, I didn't, I mean, say being in Vegas a couple of, you know, about a month ago, the level of security doesn't seem to have changed that much. You know, there's certain places where you have to show your hotel key to get up into the elevators and some places don't. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just one of those things, you know, it, you're never going to stop. If someone is determined to do this kind of bullshit, you're never going to stop them. Right. So all these kind of dancing around, oh, let's pretend to do, you know, all these fake, it's almost like security theater. <laughs> to make people feel better about, oh, well, someone's checking me as, I, as I'm going in, therefore everything's fine. Right. So whether it's actually making a difference, you know, unless they physically strip everyone's car as they drive into the parking lot and just do full checks and wand everybody down and right. put luggage through your scanners, it's, you know, it's, it's never going to change. So, yeah, it just seems to be uh, window dressing doing anything, to be honest. Well, and the more you think about it, too, like, this is Boyd. No one was going to your property to fucking do something like this, Boyd. You're nowhere near where the action is, or, I mean, well, I guess there are a lot of people that hang out around Fremont, so I guess that could be argued, but I don't know. I almost wonder if this it, wasn't just a PR move. It has to be. This, this is surely we're looking as if we're doing something to protect our customers. So it is. It's, it's security theater. It's just putting on a show. It was confirmed this week that the 80-foot-tall Hard Rock Cafe Gibson guitar marquee that was removed in October as renovations to turn the space into a performance venue began will not return. The Neon Museum is looking to crowdsource $350,000 to relocate and restore the sign for display at their facility. A link to contribute to that effort was not available at the time of the reporting, but for those of you interested, no doubt, find said link at the organization's website once it is available. It's so weird when you think about like shitty restaurants spending $800,000 and then something that's very easy to get behind, like, oh, yeah, $350,000, we should totally do that, that they have to kind of come to us and say, can, can you guys help us out to get this? Like, God damn it, who the fuck gave Bonanos $800,000 to fucking do this? Organized crime, that's who. Mafia. Remind I'm gonna wake up. To, I'm gonna wake up tomorrow with like a horse's head. 
Like, might it be a little bit stranger? And this whole set smells of pizza. <laughs> this is. I know who did this. Yeah, this isn't going to help. Reminding us that the shrewd and super rich are still frail. This week, it was announced that. 84-year-old Sheldon Adelson fell and was injured during a ferry ride from Macau to Hong Kong. Said incident resulted in three broken ribs. He's expected to make a full recovery, but there is no timetable for his return to work. Not insinuating that uh, Sheldon Adelson is in the mafia, just Sheldon Adelson is he's the kind of guy that would seek retribution on you for saying something he doesn't like. Well, I've been on one of He's probably went from the, the top deck of his ferry to the, the bottom deck of his ferry. I think those, those stairs are quite steep, but I can tell you that. Okay. He could, could have been pushed. Somebody could have pushed Shelton down the stairs, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So Casino Royale announced this week that its signature $1 bear promotion will now cost $2. I, yeah, I... Wow. I, I'm actually a, more a, a surprised. Nation, a nation weeps. See, I was actually going to say I was surprised it was still a dollar. I was like, oh, my God, it wasn't $2 already? I thought for sure it was. It wasn't, it wasn't a Michelob, so isn't that yeah. like overpriced anyway? Well, I mean, it truly is. <laughs> That's it for news and prop bets. God, there was a there was a lot of writing this week, Mark. Well, it was a lot of writing. It was two weeks. It was two weeks because I oh oh and by the way, get used to this. Whenever I release a vintage, uh, I, I'm taking a week off after that too. So just just be aware of that. It wasn't planned until like the last second. I'm like, fuck it, I'm taking the week off. I gave you a vintage. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's and I'm, we've been listening to it multiple times. It was it was a great episode. Very very interesting stuff. I never knew half that stuff about the Dune. So thanks, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. you. Got- I'm super super proud of it and i'll tell you what i i now understand the business manager concept because we had talked about you know possibly charging for these things or doing something you know to to recoup some of the time and effort that goes into them and when it came down to it i was like i just don't want to be bothered with that and i think what i realized it was is i just want to I want the creative outlet. I want to be able to share it. And while I understand that there is significant financial value to it, I don't want to make that value. I would much rather pay someone to make that value and then make me money and I'll give them 20% of it. <laughs> so I now have far more respect for, the, for that relationship. But yes, I am I'm incredibly proud of it. And I can say the, the inspiration continues as uh, I literally, no exaggeration this morning, just finished writing another 360 Vintage Vegas episode and began another one. All, all, all in the same so, uh, AM. So you're still banging out the airs. Good stuff. All right. <laughs> so uh, let's check the <laughs> let's check the river. So this week we have some uh, listener feedback. So we have some PayPal donations from uh, Nathan Chalmers and Christopher Boswell. Nate writes, Karma donation for an upcoming trip over Thanksgiving, taking my brother for his first trip to Vegas, hoping he sees half of what we do in the city we all love. And that's Nate from Seattle. That's always and a wild thing when you take somebody for the first time, especially somebody like us that loves it so much because you're like, Oh my God! Wait, I don't. I don't know what to show you first. I don't know. I don't. I, we we got to make sure that we do all these things, and then you realize you're running these people all over the fucking city. Like, I hated Vegas. It was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, that's it. I mean, every every trip, there's always something I never get around to doing. So if you're taking someone for the first time, it really is cherry picking 
the, the top stuff, but and starting at the top of the list of the must-dos, working your way down until you wear them out. And go, okay, well, take a break now. Okay, <laughs> you've had your 10 minutes. Right, back I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then Christopher writes, for your vintage content, excellent work and bravo, sir. Thank you very much. And honestly, that is what I would encourage. If you've ever, ever thought for a moment about contributing to the show via PayPal or something like that, the vintage episodes is where I would, would encourage it. I, I even made, I had thought for a while that I was going to plug making PayPal donations on the vintage episodes, but ultimately the creative artist in me, oh, I feel like such a douche even referring to myself as such, but regardless, uh, for lack of a better term, the, the creative artist in me was like, I want it to sound like this. I want the intro music to just start. I want to just go right into the monologue and right into the story and then just go right out. I don't want anything else to get into the way of it. So that's how I came up with it. And I figured, you know what, I'll just, yes, if you're ever going to donate via PayPal or something, each time you get one of those those vintage episodes, think about that. Think about the, the hours and weeks, no exaggeration, hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and weeks of work go into each one of those. It's it's a labor of love for you, Mark. That's what it is. Oh, it you don't want it tainted is. with anything else. It is your your passion, labor of love. You want to do it and just put it unsullied into the universe. It it it, then, uh, it truly is. Uh, by the way, I'm now getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning to right now. It, it, it's I I am now I'm only getting like six to seven hours sleep a night. I'm I'm real strict with it. But now, as you know, I would get a little tired in the in the afternoon or well, I guess not the afternoon in the evening. Instead of kind of fighting through it to stay up later to do whatever, I'm like, why am I fighting this? Why don't I just go to bed, count six hours from now, wake up and start again? And the problem is it just keeps shifting and shifting. Like I got up at 2.30 the other day. I was like, this is going to be so bizarre if I become one of these. I mean, let's be honest. We all knew I was going towards Howard Hughesian madness, but I didn't expect it to make such a creative, positive and weird take to it where... There is a chance I could see at some point where I get off work, eat dinner, go to bed, wake up at midnight, and start writing. <laughs> so, so, so basically, we're now effectively working on the same time zone. <laughs> so it's, it's not nice sync with me. That's right. There you go. <laughs> you'll, you'll be speaking with a funny accent very shortly. Oh, that'd it's be like amazing. Oh, I must get up at two thirty in the morning to finish off my masterpiece. <laughs> and we also have an email from Robin Obin. Hey 360 Vegas, as a fan of the podcasts for the last four years, I always wanted to send in a comment or a thank you for the great job you do with 360 Vegas. But I listen in the car and then I forget to do it. So here are a few comments finally. 360 Vegas Vacation 3, 4 and 5 sounded like a blast. Unfortunately, I'm still looking to be able to get to one because the dates, holidays aren't available for my travel. I get that it's very involved. Any thoughts on a later on in the fall, like Columbus Day? Um, I mean, we've we've talked about dates, but right now I, I don't I don't plan. Well, okay, I don't commit to dates any further than the preceding year. We are sticking with the holidays that we have, the Memorial Day and Labor Day for 2018. But that that has come up before, and, and we are contemplating possibly making some sort of an adjustment to at least one of those dates uh, for 2019. But currently, we're we're doing quite well with uh, with Memorial Day and Labor Day. So sorry. So love the enhanced podcast return. It's great having the pics to look at while listening in the car. 
quickly, of course. Make sure podcasts stand out like no other. I love the Enhanced so much. I'm so happy that it's starting to work. I know some people have let us know that other, some, depending on the podcast uh, app that you use, it works better than others. I can tell you, and of course it's a paid app, but Downcast is the app that I use, and that works exactly the way that I want it to work. The Apple Podcast app works pretty good. Some of the chapters will disappear, but the pictures will still kind of change with it, and it gets a little funky. And so there, there are others that work better or worse with it, but I am very happy for its return, and very specifically return to it because I knew I was getting ready to do a vintage, and part of the inspiration behind it enhanced from day one was vintage. So I was really kind of concerned about how vintage would evolve if that didn't exist. And fortunately for me, it did. And on top of that, I have learned that Pinterest has a shit ton. It's like way better than Google when it comes to looking up images of old time Vegas shit. So that was going to be my backup, by the way, was the Pinterest page thing or Pinterest board, I think they're called, of all the pictures related to it was going to be my backup. And now it's just a part of the blog post. So fingers crossed. Enhanced podcast uh, continue to be supported or at least not fucking abandoned like they did for a while. And also, Mark, thanks for the decision in how you covered the Vegas shooting. No sensationalism, bravo. I enjoy the chemistry of the three of you on the podcast, and yet when one is missing, any two of you together works as well. Your opinionated commentary is appreciated even when I don't necessarily agree. And I love your laugh. All of you. I mean, who doesn't smile when hearing other people enjoy themselves as you three do? I totally agree. And you know what? I, I, I know I've said it before, but I always feel it's important to re-encourage. You should disagree with me. <laughs> you know, I, would, I would be highly disturbed when somebody's like, you know somebody I always agree with? Mark, like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> I'm aware a lot of the stuff I say. I'm like, wow, I sound like a madman rambling here. And it's even more disturbing to go, to believe that jesus christ i need to lock myself away in the fucking ninth floor of the goddamn desert inn oh i totally dis- i totally disagree with that <laughs> <laughs> fyi i agree that mgm's purchase of the wnba's san antonio franchise won't help the franchise that being said there are successful franchises in the minnesota nyc la and connecticut the CT Sun franchise is owned by the Mohegan tribe and plays its home games at the Mohegan Sun Casino and Resort to three quarters capacity all the time. As a season ticket holder in Connecticut, whatever it means to MGM or the WNBA, I like it because it's one more reason to visit Vegas when my CT Sun play there, as if I needed one more. <laughs> Tony, see what Zorkfest, wherever Tony is. Mark and Karen, great job as always. Until the next time. Rob from Anytime Gambling. That's all. That's really cool. I didn't. Uh, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I. I think I knew, but completely disregarded the fact that the Mohegan Sun has a team playing there. Which, to me, honestly, I believe should be the future of the world, where professional sports franchises and bowling and movie theaters and everything should just all be in the casino. Like every time you want to do anything, like oh, let's go to the casino. But uh, that is cool. I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that, that it is a success somewhere. I just I think the combination of, I, 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 don't, I don't know, I hope I'm wrong. As with the majority of the things that I talk shit about when it comes to Vegas, I, I always hope I'm wrong. I want everything to be successful there. 
Except Gordon Ramsay, except you. And no, oh, no. And on top of that, uh, fucking Guy Fieri. I want Guy Fieri to be less successful than fucking Gordon Ramsay. At least Gordon Ramsay's a fucking chef, not a fucking goatee bleached <laughs> douchebag. God, I fucking hate that guy. I'm genuinely concerned. I would attack if I saw in in real life. He just oh, he's oh, I fucking hate him. Did did I ever tell you I almost got run over by Gordon Ramsay? Shocking. No, you did not. <laughs> So many years ago, when I was working in uh, central London, I was coming out of the tube station and I'm walking to go east-west along Oxford Street. Um, Gordon Ramsay and two of his flunkies are kind of walking north-south down Regent Street. And they literally kind of pushed, almost pushed the, you know, the sidewalk as they're trying to get where they go because we were heading in kind of diagonally opposite directions. Yeah. So, that's my Gordon Ramsay story. Did they, did they scream at you for daring to walk in any way other than the way he would have walked? No, I just think they just barged past me with, without paying any attention whatsoever. <laughs> okay, well, I think uh, that's it then. So that's going to do it for episode 250. Thank you for all your listening, downloading. We really appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of today's stories on today's show, uh, you can do so at the blog 360vegaspodcast.com. Support the show by purchasing things from our affiliates, Amazon.com, tickets.accessvegas.com, or you can just make donations at PayPal. You can buy merchandise from our store, zazzle.com slash 360vegas, or you can help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to send us some feedback, written or audio, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. And if you aren't sure how to record audio with your smartphone and email it to the show, we have instructions on how to do that as well on the blog's main page. By the way, I realized we completely got sidetracked. That was Michael that did the intro for us this week. Michael is his name. I'm sorry, Michael. And you, you had to listen all the way through this all the way to the <laughs> Through, I was rambling on for hours and hours to get to your acknowledgement. Sorry, what, what, what a guy! What a guy! <laughs> you, should, you should you should play again next week and then say at the beginning of the show, "Thank you, Michael, for your intro." <laughs> Alistair, where can folks find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, Blue Storm Two Thousand on Twitter. <laughs> he just told you where you can find me. So, till next time. Yeah.